Hello and welcome to Think Business Futures. I'm your host, Stefan Postuma, coming to you from two SER studios in Sydney on the Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. Broadcast right around Australia on the Community Radio Network and around the world, wherever you get your podcasts. Each week, we take a closer look at the business issues making up the news. This program is made possible by the assistance of the UTS Business School. For many of us, achievements of any kind are best obtained when we set a goal first. So it comes as no surprise that companies of all kinds are building goal setting into their products and services. This particularly is true for apps that try to help us with things like fitness, finance, or the development of new skills. Today on the show, we're looking at goal-enabling technology. We try to find out how valuable it can be for both users and companies and see where improvements can be made. Jake Ahn is a lecturer at the UTS Business School and he's been studying all aspects of goal-enabling technology. He joins me in the studio now to tell us more. Jake, thanks so much for joining me today here on Think Business Futures. Thank you so much for inviting me. Jake, we're talking about goal-enabling technology today. And as I mentioned to you just before we started, it's something that I was a user of but I didn't really know that I was a user of it. So let's start by explaining what goal-enabling technology actually is. Yeah, so as I explained this, you might be able to really identify you know, with your own experiences what that is about. But basically, goal-enabling technology is any type of technological feature that's embedded in your app that enables you to, I guess, specify a goal that's related to the service that you're using and allow you to monitor your goal progress toward that goal that you just specified. So, if you, for example, if you have a banking app, then you can specify a savings goal and you can monitor that your progress toward achieving that savings goal. So you can pretty much find it in a lot of different apps these days that firms try to take advantage of that feature to help their customers better achieve their service-specific goals. Mm. Not just to help their customers, but to also increase some sort of benefit to the companies themselves that are implementing it. And so I think that's the reason why more recent discussions might uh, focus more on the technological aspects of goal setting and how that technological feature can actually impact our behavior and the achievement of our goals. And you can, you can imagine how, how, how it benefits a company as well, and it's something that we'll get to. What other industries, I mean, it's easy for people to envisage, you know, you know savings goals built into their net bank app and, and things like that, because it's pretty ubiquitous now across financial institutions. What other industries is it used in? Like, what other examples do we have that are sort of away from the finance side of things? So as you might already have imagined, uh, you can find this kind of goal feature in different fitness apps, uh, health-related apps, or apps that are related to improving your skills in general. So for example, you know, learning a new language or can be related to your educational goals or in these kind of services that you use, uh, you can specify uh, generally uh, goals that are related to that specific service. Mm. So if I, you know, going to the gym and they have a, a gym-specific app that you can access and set your own you know, fitness goals and then uh, you know, monitor your goal progress so that the company, the, the gym brand, uh, could be actually actively facilitating your goal achievement to, to better help you to achieve your goal but also for the benefit for the company that's implementing them. 
I guess the idea of goal setting, you know, I mean, it's been around for a long time before apps existed and, and whatever. People set their own goals. I want to lose 10 kilos or I want to gain 10, 10 kilos of muscle or whatever at the gym or I want to run 100Ks this month or whatever it might be. And people sort of did these things themselves. Now, I mean, it's interesting because what you're doing is is studying with, with this recent paper is is studying how impactful these goal-enabling technologies are on, on people's behaviours. But from a very base level, what sort of evidence is there that setting goals is something that really helps people engage in whatever they're doing, whatever they're trying to achieve, whether it be self-help and fitness or financial goals? Yes, so there's been a lot of debate in terms of does goal actually help us improve our motivation and performance? In what circumstances is setting a goal more effective than not even setting a goal? Mm. There's a lot of debate and literature and research on that topic. But previously, the search for the answers to these questions uh, might have been limited because of the lack of data that's available for a lot of people setting a goal uh, and actually observing their behaviors through time to actually monitor and measure the impact of goal setting on their behavior. And and recently, with all the technological improvements and with access to different apps and internet services, then now you can actually monitor people's behavior through time toward achieving that goal. So I think that availability and the proliferation of the data that's you know, widely available now um, actually allows us to study this phenomenon in, in a more scientific way. For instance, for as a specific example, um, the timing in which you, you set a goal is really important in determining your success for achieving your goal. For instance, if you believe that you are already in good goal standing, uh, you have self-confidence that you'll be able to achieve the goal, setting a goal then is really effective for actually translating that goal into behavior. But if you believe that you're in poor goal standing, that you're not capable, that you are, this is not the right timing for me to actually pursue a goal, then that that's uh, that leads to uh, a reduced kind of motivation as a result of setting a goal. So, so setting a goal actually backfires in that case. So there's been a lot of research in terms of when setting a goal uh, is more effective, is most effective, uh, and when um, setting a goal is, is uh, can also backfire and hurt your motivation and performance mm. as a result. Yeah, that's fascinating. When you when you look at the the scope of different apps available to you, and especially in the self help world, and also in you know finance and savings and things like that, I mean, if I think about it, goal setting is kind of everywhere. Like in in so many of these apps, do you think that? Most of these tech companies, and some of them are huge. Some of them, are huge. you know, I, I was telling you before we started that I use the Nike Run app. I mean, this is Nike, biggest sports company in the world, mm. and they have this goal enabling technology in there because when you go for a run, you can set a goal to how many kilometers you want to run or how fast you want to improve, you know, your your 5K run times and things like that. And all of these things benefit. Do you think that a lot of these companies have enacted these goal-enabling technologies into their systems via using much data and research? Or is it just going on the presumption that setting goals is positive and potentially also just moving with a trend of lots of other tech companies implementing goals and incorporating them into their systems? 
Yes, I think there's definitely that trend of gamification that a lot of companies try to gamify whatever the service that they're providing um, to make it a little bit more engaging for customers. And, mm. and that's a bit where the big battle is these days with a lot of technical tech-based companies. Let's 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 flesh out yeah. what gamification is because yeah. I wanted to get onto this. Tell us what gamification actually is. Yeah, so introducing features that you would see in a ga- in a game into the service design. So the specific example we see here is the the ability to set goals or objectives and then kind of uh, monitoring your progress toward that objective. You know, it might be playing a computer game that's about you know, killing a thousand different, I don't know, uh, monsters and you, you might have that goal and, um, you know, see your progress toward achieving that goal. And so, so that's a one example of gamification. Mm. There might be other examples of gamification. Yeah, I think an interesting yeah. one that that I notice is you know, you talk about these these apps where the network of people using them is broad. It's not just individual. So, so Strava and right. things like that, it's almost as if these companies, they have two types of goals, right? There's one goal that a, a user can set for themselves, but then there's sort of these implicit ones that are sort of built into the system where you can become a bronze level you know member or you can become a silver level or a gold level or a platinum level and i've seen this across other types of apps which is certainly something when we talk about gamification something that's really on the game side of things it's like if you if you keep going if you keep going you can get to a better level and be one of the more highly esteemed users of this service yes definitely i think you have alluded to two different aspects of gamification. One is that social element mm. that when you set a goal now it becomes comparable that you can talk and discuss and chat about it with your friends. That goal progress could be you know visual to other friends and other players. Uh, so so there's that social element that's now suddenly been created by uh, having a goal that's specified with respect to the service that you're using. Uh, and then there's also that the status uh, aspect, uh, you know, the bronze, uh, silver, and gold, that sense of achievement and uh, sense of uh, pride and, and uh, good feelings that you get when you when you obtain a certain status. Mm. And so that's another component of gamification um, that, that's also relevant in, in this research as well. Mm, absolutely. And we, we mentioned before about the value that goal enabling technology gives to both the customer and gives to the company and i think that it's a a good example when we talk about that gamification element that if you've earned a you know silver level whatever on whatever app you're using you know for self-help or whatever it might be fitness it means that you'll keep coming back to that same app you've got a vested interest in in using that particular app because you've already built up this profile on that on that particular thing so when we talk about the value that it brings to that business the more usage and the more users and things like that is 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 all value and people keeping keeping on coming back because of these things is 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 an example of that so that's really interesting yeah, so when you set a uh, service-specific goal with respect to an app or a, or a service, then you almost personalize it to, mm. to make it your own by specifying your own personal goal to it. And once you specify your, your personal goal and you attach that to a service or an app, then it, the app suddenly becomes more of you and your expression of your identity might be mm. um, you know, revealed by your usage of the app. And that itself makes it much more sticky so you, you're engaging more you're, you're becoming more sticky and once you achieve your goal well, you, when you feel good about your goal progress then 
that sense of positive emotions that you feel uh, whenever you're engaging with the goal uh, or the app or the service, then that also can contribute to greater stickiness that you mm. have. But obviously, if you fail to achieve that goal, then that might lead to some sort of negative emotions as well, which is why when uh, sometimes that goal setting can be damaging to some extent. Mm, I think I've had that before as well. We'll talk about that in a second. But let's talk about the work that you've been doing because you are, you know, getting into the nitty gritty and analyzing the data on these sorts of things. So tell us a bit about what you've found in terms of goal enabling technologies impact on their goal related behaviors. Yes. So the basic finding is that once the firm's uh, provide this goal-enabling technology to customers, that it on average increases the people who adopt this feature, uh, their goal-consistent behavior. So they, in the, in the case of the financial service, and they uh, you know, increase their savings behavior or their deposit behavior uh, more than um, the people who have not adopted this feature. Uh, but we find that about you know, 29% or around 30% of customers who adopt this goal feature actually um, perform worse as a result of setting a goal. And that can be related to a bunch of different reasons in terms of you know, whether they're, they're, uh, they're setting a goal at a really bad timing or if they set a goal that's too big or too small that it gives them not much a boost in motivation or it gives them kind of stress whenever they think about the goal. So that's what we found. But it generally improves the goal-consistent behaviors for the majority of customers. Mm, right. So on the whole, people people are achieving their goals and they're sort of using the apps more and things like that. However, you know, when when people aren't aren't achieving their goals, they're sort of putting their phone down and sort of not looking at that app. And I I, I know exactly what that feels like. You know, when you set a goal for something and then you don't achieve it, it's this immediate negative emotion association. You're like, oh, I don't want to look at that. I don't want to pick it back up. And it takes like a certain level of rebuilding your confidence and rebuilding your motivation to go back to it and 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 get back to trying to achieve that goal. Yeah, definitely. What one factor uh, also is your commitment toward the goal at the point of setting the goal and you don't know much about how you will behave behave in the future whether you can you have the ability or the the resources to commit to that goal um, to, to a really large extent or to a really small extent uh, maybe it, it doesn't really give you that motivation so for example if I set a savings score for about $50,000 I want to save $50,000 um, and I said, for example, I'm going to commit maybe $500 per week toward this goal. I'm not sure at this moment that I can, if I can really sustain that in, in, in the near future or if that's too much or if that's too small. And I think we spend kind of our lifetime trying to understand who we are and what our capabilities are, what our motivations are. And we always, you know, we might keep getting it wrong and we might in our idea and knowledge about self-identity might improve over time but it's always hard to predict how you will behave in the future even you you should know yourself better than anyone but uh, it's sometimes really difficult to to predict how you actually behave in behave in the future mm. and yeah. so you mentioned that 
currently we're taking a, a deeper look at the data and and these types of types of things like you say in, in in your study and how people respond to to failure and 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 it sort of is translating to this sort of 30 percent of people um where you see a decline in their usage and things like that when they're not achieving their goals and they're they're in potentially a negative psychological state when it comes to that app is this something you see organizations tech companies and whatever sort of understanding more over time and improving so goal enabling technology gains that sort of higher success rate and becomes even more valuable so i think as data becomes more readily available more companies i hope would actually look at uh, the behaviors of the customers who adopt this goal feature and actually find out what type of customers are you know, becoming worse off as a result of adopting adopting this feature and I hope that you know, my research can also add to contribute to um, this this understanding that you really need to monitor how the impact of this goal enabling technology on people's actual behaviors mm. and if we can if we find that you know, 30% of the people who adopted is a is a pretty significant size of the your, the cohort of your customers and if they are becoming worse off as a result of adopting a feature that you release or you adopt within the app, then that uh, has obviously negative consequences on you know, customer engagement and your bottom line as a, as a firm. So, But I think uh, what, one thing is that you know, marketing, if you think about the concept of marketing, it's all about you know, understanding who the customers are and what they want and what their needs are and then kind of fulfilling those needs and wants and asking people directly, you know, what's your goal specific to the service uh, that you're using in relation to my business? And just by listening to the goals, uh, the individual goals that people have with respect to your service, uh, you know, creates a better understanding of that customer. And and so now you have a you know, specific kind of target that you want to kind of co-create with the customer. You want to help and support and uh, the customer to be able to achieve that service uh, specific goal, right? So I think the importance of marketing at heart and embedding that concept of marketing in, in technologies, in new technologies, is what's kind of driving a lot of companies to pay more attention to this goal enabling you know, technology. And so a lot of apps are adopting this feature it's interesting because it, it's sort of coming at it from both angles, sort of at the beginning and at the end. So, you know, as you mentioned, working with customers on figuring out what the best way to implement this goal enabling technology is. And then at the same time, in the world of technology, and we'll come to a case study in a second, the data output is is so specific now. Like there is so much data that you can draw on to try to factor into, you know, taking it from the beginning stages of what what you thought might occur and then using all that data to see where the differences were and then adapting. So yeah, we're in an interesting time where as this data continues to develop, the specificity with which companies are able to, you know, change and adapt their goal enabling technology will be really, really interesting. Yeah, so there's definitely greater sophistication in terms of observing different nuances of behaviors that uh, both contribute or uh, take away from your goal achievement. So uh, you might have one goal, but there might be different ways of achieving that goal. And with more data and more variety of different data sources, then you can track all these different nuanced uh, behaviors that uh, 
contribute to goal achievement and and it's it's that availability of richer and, and more wider uh, and deeper data that uh, now give opportunities for the firms to really figure out whether you know, adoption of goal actually uh, improves or hurts their customers mm, okay well let's let's move on to this case study to to sort of finish off because I, I mentioned to you before we started that I'm a I'm a user of raise raise is a you know a financial a financial organization why don't you tell us what it is but also why it's a really good case study in terms of the data output and how you can analyze that yeah so raise is basically a digital piggy bank um, so once you, you know, sign up for it, you link your bank account to your raise investment account, then uh, when, whenever you're spending money, for example, you're buying a cup of coffee for $3.50, raise will automatically round it up to the next dollar, so it becomes $4, and the 50 cents that's been rounded up goes automatically into an investment portfolio. So it just helps uh, saving and investing easy for average Australians. Mm. As they're spending money, they're saving money they're investing that money mm. and at the same time you can you can make contributions of whatever dollar amount you like into that investment portfolio as well there's other ways of adding to it as well as the roundups yeah so there are two more different ways of uh, making a deposit toward your, your your investment account and that's as you said lump sum investments when you can invest any amount of money at any point in time and also there's the recurring investment mm. where you specify the amounts and the the frequency of your investment um, to go toward that investment account. Mm. Yeah. And so what sort of data were you looking at um, for the RAISE study? So we looked at over 30,000 uh, customers and we looked at their actual savings or their investment behavior over one year. And we uh, looked at one year around the time when this new goal-enabling technology uh, feature was launched. And so we have three months before and one year after um, this new goal-enabling technology was introduced. And we see the behaviors of customers who uh, set a goal at a specific point in time, and then we examine their savings behavior, the deposit behavior over one year. And we also do that for other customers who have not yet set a goal. And so we're basically comparing those people who set a goal versus those people who have not set a goal. And we kind of track their investment behavior over one year um, using you know, more uh, sophisticated statistical uh, techniques to control for this idea of self-selection, which means that you know, people who set a goal might be fundamentally inherently different from those people who have not set a goal. So when you measure the their behaviors over time, you're just measuring their fundamental differences between these two groups of people, mm. people who set a goal versus people who don't set a goal. So there is that statistical challenge that we try to address mm. by using a more a more statistical and a technical synthetic control, but I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> sounds, sounds complex. Well, what did you find, Jake? What did, what did you find with, with Raise, the customers who did set goals? I mean, you know, once, once you're factoring in your statistical analysis and things. So uh, we identify you know, three key goal-setting characteristics that are really important in determining whether a customer will benefit or or hurt, be hurt from adopting the goal-enabling technology. And those three characteristics are your goal difficulty or, or what's the savings goal amount. So that really determines whether or not you will benefit from this goal-enabling technology. 
And the second one is uh, the timing in which you set a goal. So if you set a goal when you have saved too much or too little, then it can backfire. Uh, if you set a goal at the optimal uh, time, uh, which in, in our statistical analysis, about 4% of your annual income, if you already saved about 4% of your annual income, that's the sweet spot in which it should give you the greatest motivation to, to achieve your uh, savings score. So if you have saved too little, uh, maybe like 1% or less than 1% or you know, 2%, then it's not going to give you that boost in motivation and satisfaction and increased performance. And so we find that with uh, respect to sorry, the goal size as well, about 43% of your annual income was the most optimal uh, size of the goal. So if you're earning mm. about $100,000, then uh, setting a goal to be about $43,000 as your savings score will give you the greatest you know, motivation and performance to achieve that goal. And then the third aspect that we found was the, the amount of we call it pre-commitment toward that goal. So at the point of setting a goal, you can specify how much on a weekly basis you want to contribute to that savings goal. And if you commit too much, then obviously it cannot be sustained over time. Then you might find it more difficult to keep um, to that commitment that you made at the beginning. Or if you set it too low, then it's too easy. Mm. And so we find that the optimal point is... Uh, 13% of your weekly income is, is most optimal kind of pre-commitment at the time of setting a goal and that um, will give you the greatest boost in your actual savings or deposit investing behavior over time. So if you're earning about you know, $1,000 a week, then you know, committing $130 a week to your you know, investment account gives you that greatest boost in motivation and actual behavior over time. So mm. finding out these optimal goal-setting characteristics, um, we can you know, better assist customers to better achieve their savings goal, their financial goal, but also increase the, uh, the, the benefit to the, to the company. Mm. And we, we found that if you optimize these you know, goal-setting characteristics for all people when they set a goal, then the amount of people who benefit from this goal-enabling technology increases to 97%. Wow. So from uh, the 30% of people who set a goal actually uh, perform worse after setting a goal, but now about 7% of people who set a goal become worse off. So optimizing these goal-setting characteristics for each individual will become uh, really important for actually changing people's savings behavior over time mm. and, and and from the company's perspective when you optimize these goals and characteristics for each individual then it can increase you know, up to 50 percent in terms of the customer lifetime value because they become more sticky they become more engaged with the app uh, they deposit much more and they withdraw much le less compared to those who do not set a goal uh, and, and when you also optimize these goal setting characteristics for each customer then the company can reap you know, greater benefits in terms of the customer lifetime value so it increases customer profitability for the company as well wow wow there there is so much to it jake we're we're basically out of time <laughs> and i think we've covered a lot but you know 
people can look at the advancement of tech when it comes to marketing and advertising and the amount that they know about us in a, in a negative light, that's quite easy. But yeah. if it does help us with savings or help us with fitness and self-help and, and these sorts of things, then this goal-enabling technology and the advancement of it is something that a lot of people could benefit from. It'll be an interesting future, so uh, we'll see where it goes. But uh, that's all we have time for, unfortunately. Jake, thanks so much for joining me on Think Business Futures. Thanks so much, Steph. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Think Business Futures. Thank you to my guest, Jake Ahn. You can listen and share this chat wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to get Think Business Futures in your feed each week. And please support the show by leaving a review. I'm your host, Stefan Postuma, and I'll see you again somewhere in the world of business next week.